Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Nice little win in game one for the Miami Heat, so they won't get swept now to the Boston Celtics. Good job. Why, why do you have to be so disrespectful to the Miami Heat? Give credit where credit is due, man. Jimmy Butler balled last night. He did. Balled. Against 41 an, points. Against an exhausted, depleted Four steals, team. three blocks. That's exactly well, what he did. I mean, you can say exhausted, depleted team, but we're talking about Jason Tatum being a top five player. And yes. he certainly didn't look it in the second half, and Jimmy Butler was all over him in that coverage. Yes, and it was terrific all the way through for the Heat in a game that as you have aptly put it, they could not lose. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and they could not afford to lose that game for all the circumstances. It is a Celtics team that is coming off a hard-fought series against the Bucks to find their way through it. They uh, have a quick turnaround. They don't have Marcus Smart. They didn't have Al Horford because of health and safety protocols. We don't know how COVID's going to affect them here moving forward. But all of that factored in. This was a game that I would have expected the Heat to win anyway, being at home and being more rested. They did all the things that you're supposed to do. Yeah, big fella, but you didn't expect the Heat to outscore the Celtics 39-14 to in the third quarter. It was you a didn't bad ex- quarter. It's a bad quarter. You didn't quarter. expect Jimmy Butler to outscore him in that quarter by himself, 17-14. to 14. No. I, but we probably should have because of how good the Miami Heat have been in the third quarters in this postseason. Going into last night, they were plus 68 in third quarter scoring differential. That's how good they've been. Mm-hmm. They started the quarter on a 22-2 run. So, I mean, all the signs were there for the Miami Heat in terms of being able to ratchet up the intensity to get back in this game because you had to know after the first half, the way it played out, with Boston having a double-digit lead and Miami being down by as many as 13, that they were going to come back and punch back in the first half because that's the Heat culture. That's what this team is made of. And it just felt like Boston never expected that, which is a surprise to me given the leadership from the player standpoint on that team and Ime Adulka, who was a former player and now their head coach. It didn't seem like they would be caught off guard by the intensity that Miami would approach that second half with, and yet they played like they were. I don't think they were caught off guard. I think they were exhausted. I think they were exhausted. I think it's one of those games where, okay, they go in, and they, they got smacked around, and it happens in game one. It happened to them last series in game one. They got smacked around by the Milwaukee Bucks after they had taken care of the Nets because maybe they were riding a little bit high over you know sweeping a Nets team with Durant and Kyrie, but... Truth be told, it was a tougher series. And, you know, Nuno's trying to point out to me right now, like, wait a minute, they had to go seven to beat a Bucks team that didn't have Middleton? They also have the greatest player on the planet right now. They had to fight through everything there. And as far as the Heat are concerned, you can't tell me that the Hawks and the Sixers, as presently constituted, was anywhere near as tough a road as what we've seen the Celtics go through. So last night... Did absolutely nothing to change my mind about anything here. Yeah, my mind's not changed either. I still got the Boston Celtics winning this series. See? And I'm, and I'm not going to completely dismiss the fatigue factor in game one because we are talking about the Celtics playing three games in three different cities in five days, right? So, so that matters. We are talking about them being down two starters and not really knowing that they wouldn't have those guys until a couple hours before tip-off. That matters as well. But at the same time, it's hard for me to ignore the fact, Carlin, 
that you're talking about a team that had eight turnovers in one quarter in game one of the conference finals. To me, I don't know how much fatigue is a factor as, well, as much as it is carelessness with the basketball, and that's exactly what we saw from Jason Tatum. Oh, I, th- I think it was a factor in carelessness with the basketball. Oh, let's, bring in, let's bring in Nuno from the hashtag group. Am I missing something here that, that this wasn't going to be an incredibly physical series against the Bucks to begin with, and maybe I'm selling them short? Am I selling the heat short here? No, uh, they're going to lose in five. I mean, <laughs> so like, and it's they not des- disrespect. They, People they deserve. Just they fact they, they deserve reality. to be disrespect, disrespected. There, there's no reason this team should win a title, right? They are a team, yes, but like, there's nothing appealing about them. And it's Miami, right? Like Miami. What is Miami? Miami's sexy. It's appealing. It's like this great vibe. There's nothing. Like nothing, I get nothing from this team about that, right? Like, it's just I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a Nick fan and I can't stand the Heat. I can't stand Pat, <laughs> wow. Pat Riley and the snake that he is. Wow. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's that, but no, they're against. They're done. Five. Nuno, I'll say this: the best players don't always make the best team, but the best team always wins. And last night, Miami was the best team. Why? Because they played like a team, and I can understand why they would have that decided advantage because of the pieces that Boston was missing. Now. Is Marcus Smart and Al Horford at some point going to come back in that series? It remains to be seen. If I were to tell you that those guys weren't going to be available for Ime Adoka for the, for, for the next couple of games, how would you feel about the complexion of the series then? That definitively changes it for me. If, if you're going to tell me that those two guys are going to both miss the next two games, yeah. then yes, that completely changes the dynamic for me. You're talking about the defensive player of the year, in Marcus Smart, who has done all the little things that the Celtics have needed just to make winning plays and win games. And you're talking about Al Horford, who, speaking of which, who, who has just uh, has been playoff Al. Like we talk about playoff Jimmy, there have been times when Al's been playoff Al, and he has taken off. He had the 30 in the game the last uh, series. We know what yep. Horford's capable of doing because he has been there and done that. So, yes, if those two guys are missing the next two games – then, yeah, they're in some trouble. They're yeah, in some there, trouble. there is no question about it. To me, they're in some trouble, but we'll have to see what happens over the next couple of days. I have a hard time believing that Marcus Smart with a sprained foot in the calf, I mean, not the calf, the quad and the shoulder, I have a hard time believing that we're not going to see that guy sooner rather than later. Al Horford is a different situation because he's in health and safety protocols, and we don't know when he's going to potentially be available. So I feel much more confident about saying that we're going to see Marcus Smart soon as opposed to saying we're going to see Al Horford. But I will say Robert Williams stepped up in a big way in the first half for the Boston Celtics. If they're going to have a chance of being able to stay afloat while Horford is out, he's going to have to continue to play that way and be a force, not just defensively, but also what we saw with him offensively, rim running, catching some lobs, those types of things. He's going to have to be that outlet for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the paint. And I, I think if you get more of that, then you get the Miami Heat on their heels a little bit more defensively. And yesterday, it felt like the the Heat kept the Boston Celtics offense off balance, especially in that second half. Listen, I think the Heat could win a second game. I'll go a little further than Nuno. I'll say six. That'd be a nice little performance for them. So you you think the Heat are going to win game two? I I think the Heat are going to win another game. you got to tell me who's playing when. That's what I need to know. 888-SAY-ESPN. You're angry, and I understand it, but you haven't convinced me, you haven't convinced Chris yet that – 
Anything we've said is not factual. So let's check in with Jose down in Miami. Jose, have at it, bud. Your chance on ESPN Radio. Good morning, gentlemen. This is Jose from the 305. I'm enjoying your show. I've never heard you guys. I actually caught you guys one time, but I'm really enjoying the show today. And I decided I wanted to call, not to try to convince you. Okay. But just to put some put some stuff out there for you. And, and, I, and I need an honest answer here. Out of you two, which, which of you two have followed the Miami Heat for the last three seasons? We follow really follow the heat. I mean, do we follow them like somebody who lives in Miami exactly. with every last yes. moment? No, no. no you, but you know you what? That's know called a fan. Wait That's a called a fan. You're, it's you're called. Talking, a, you can't look second, at something wait objectively. Wait, I'm asking you a question. Yes, and I gave no. you the answer. I, did I follow okay, it like no. I'm living in okay, Miami so as a Heat fan? No. What you don't know. Let me explain to you what you don't know. About Please the, tell me about what the, the game against Minnesota a year and a half ago told you Doesn't about matter. the Miami That's Heat. That's not what that I'm saying. You're, you're not listening. Go ahead. You see, you're not listening. Don't take it personal. Just listen. Go ahead. There's an attitude and an edge that this Heat team has that the Celtics don't have. I know that they okay. do have a. I know on that they paper, do have an edge, but you haven't watched. Have you watched? It? No, we're done. Have you watched speaking. the Celtics enough? Have you watched the Celtics every day? And no, not but that's the point, though. When you that's say we, we don't follow the Miami Heat, no, we don't follow the Miami Heat as close as you do. But you don't follow the Boston Celtics as close as somebody that covers national sports. Does. Exactly. So I mean, maybe we might know something about the Boston Celtics that you don't. So and you, furthermore, Carlin, to say that there is an attitude and a toughness that the Heat play with that the Celtics don't have. That's just after wrong. The, after the Celtics just knocked off the reigning defending NBA champions and the best player in the NBA in Giannis, come on now. And come smacked now. around Kevin Durant in the first round. Swept him. Yes, swept him. And beat them to just beat so the gotta, tar gotta, out of them gotta, physically. We got to pump the brakes on that part of it. But I will say so this. Follow them. Heat culture is different, Carla. It is. And it allows a lot of these guys to play out over their skis, man. You did not expect to get the performances that you got from Max Struess and Gabe Vincent last night. We just didn't. No. We, we, we don't expect to get those it's, before. But it seems like it's one of those guys every single night. And you don't know who it's going to be, but it happens for this team. Why? Because there's a certain standard that Jimmy Butler has helped Pat Riley and Eric Spolster set since he got down there in Miami, and those guys show up in the biggest moments. That's, that, that's great. When those role players play well at home, that, that's awesome. It happens every night in the league. And it, listen, the Heat have earned their way here, but I just don't see it going much further than that. Stop if I followed them every day. Uh, uh, of the teams that are left in the playoffs, this is probably the team that you have the hardest time seeing winning a championship, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm saying that considering yeah. the Mavericks are still left. Yeah. But it's true because yeah. the Mavericks have the best player left in the playoffs. No question. Although we do have to start putting some respect on Jimmy Butler's name, though. Let's we do. Check, let's check in Logan. He's up next. Logan, you're on ESPN Radio. Please explain. So right now, I want to preface this by saying I'm not a fan of either team. The only nerd I'm for is the Arkansas Razorbacks. I just love sports. Mm-hmm. And I would expect what I'm hearing from you two guys, from my local radio guys here in Arkansas, or the Alabama Crimson Tide, you just sound like Celtics local radio talking about Marcus Smart and Al Horford being the only ones out. You're not, hold on. You're not talking. I've never heard all day you talk about Kyle Lowry being out. 
Why? We, we actually did. did. We did. What are you talking about? We talked about Kyle I Lowry being heard. out. Wow. Well, you missed it. You missed it. That's not a me problem. Marcus that's a you problem. Out. Al Horford is out, and that's it. It's part of sports. And Al, can I just Al ask? Al, let me out, ask you a quick okay. question. What is Kyle Lowry yeah, yeah, averaging? Yeah. What's Kyle Lowry averaging in the postseason? I don't know, but he's a significant let player. Let me tell he's you, a good player. ain't that significant? When you're averaging six points a game and you're shooting twenty percent. You're not that significant. Thanks for the call. It's it's just not. And by the way, like, you know, I hate Boston. I don't hate Boston. And here's the other I, thing, too. Here's the other thing, too. We're not making excuses for why the Celtics lost. We're just giving reasons. Sometimes it can be a reason. Not having the defensive player of the year matters when you get to the conference finals. Not having Al Horford, as we saw in the Bucks series, I think it was game five, matters. Mm-hmm. So, so don't, don't be mad at us for pointing these things out. What it sounds like is that you can I'm sorry, be a, it was game six for Al Horford. But you could be a group of fans for a particular team, and when you hear something that praises the other team, you automatically assume that everybody's biased against you. But, no, but, it's but, has no, but has nobody heard us give Jimmy Butler his flowers today? Yes. We're saying Jimmy Butler is one of the guys in the NBA that is a primetime playoff performer. The guy didn't have any 40-point games this regular season and has already got He's three a in the postseason. He's a closer. And he had 41 in game one of the conference finals, not to mention – he was a hell of a two-way player because he locked down Jason Tatum in the second half, and he had four steals and three blocks. He's doing it on both ends of the court. That 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 is. Think about the energy that he has to expend to play the way that he plays. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. I don't know how many people voted for him to be on one of those All NBA teams, but a lot of people don't look at Jimmy Butler as being a top fifteen player in the NBA. He absolutely is one, but when he gets to the playoffs. You're talking about this guy being a top 10 player. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com. We have so much more to tackle, including some interesting comments last night from Adam Silver and the potential for something to end in the NBA. Has it already happened? We will discuss next. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Draft lottery was last night. 
Orlando Magic have the number one pick, but the question is, who is that going to be? The road to the rematch is on. It's bantamweight champ Juliana Pena and former champ Amanda Nunes go head-to-head as coaches on the historic 30th season of The Ultimate Fighter. Stream the series now exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, as well as on your smart speaker at Play ESPN Radio Network. Okay, so last night we had the draft lottery. There's debate about who the number one pick should be. Mm-hmm. And you saw the Orlando Magic get the number one uh, pick after all. And it wasn't, it, listen, it wasn't the sexiest of draft lotteries because there's not the Zion Williamson or that kind of guy that is jumping out right sure. now. Sure, But uh, I did think two things about last night were funny. Number one, Dame Lillard's reaction when Portland did not get the number one Salty. pick. Or, or did, you know, got the seventh pick. Oh, he was not happy. But number two, Adam Silver, who was talking about the tanking in the league going away and feels like the lottery has put an end to tanking. Here's the NBA commissioner. I think it's working well. It's not a perfect sample because of COVID, the pandemic. It started in the bubble in a, in a hybrid form. So in some ways, we're in the third year. But initially, it seems to be working really well. Both combination of flattening the odds to dis, disincentivize, obviously, finishing at the bottom. But on top of that, the play-in then creates an incentive yeah. to stay competitive. And what we've seen in the last two years is that with roughly two weeks left in the season, one year we had 25 year, twenty-five teams still in contention. Next year we had 24 teams still in contention. So that's what we're really hoping for. I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that they have the play-in. And, and yeah. teams are playing for that. They're not treating it with a level of disrespect because they're still also – uh, able to be involved in the lottery if even if they make the play-in tournament and lose. Yeah, I mean, Adam Silver figured out what Major League Baseball took a little bit more time too, which is trying to find a way to incentivize teams that are on the fringe not to sell off pieces before the deadline so you have more teams that are competitive in the second half of the season and you have more markets engaged for your entertainment product. Like, that's been the key for the NBA. But flattening the odds in the lottery also does help. It does help to some degree because you're talking about the teams that have the what? The four worst records mm-hmm. having about an equal shot at being able to get the number one overall pick. So, I mean, that, that matters to some degree as well. And it puts the focus for those organizations on developing the talent that they get in the building as opposed to trying to lose as many games as you can and hope that you have the top pick in a year where there's a transcendent talent. Well, but that's, that's where I'm curious if it really is true that tanking has ended. When there is that next generational type player that is coming out, the guy that we talk about once every 10 years, are we going to see teams go back to it and try to at least make sure that they're in the top four at that point? I could absolutely see that being the case. Well, I hear where you're coming from, but you say There's once, more urgency you say once every 10 years. It feels like it's once every three years like oh, when you start okay. having those kind of guys. Because right. it's Zion and and John Moran, and before that, it's Jason Tatum. So, I mean, it's just like, it seems like it happens a little more frequently than that. But I think having the... But guys that get all the hype... No, I get where you're coming from. And I think the play-in tournament goes a long ways to eliminating a lot of that because it tries to get those teams to be more competitive, to see if you can get young players to get that playoff experience. 
But then also, there's no cha- there's no guarantee that you're going to get that number one overall pick. So I think that that there is a little bit. I'd say this. You think tanking's Adam, done? Adam Silver has done a good job of minimizing tanking. I, I think Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports. I think he's done a good job of minimizing tanking. The other thing that I think he's done, and Jalen mm. Rose hinted toward it in the NBA pregame show, NBA Countdown before the game last night. He said that the super team, the era of the super team, it seems like it's it's going away. It seems like it's going away. And I get it. The Brooklyn Nets with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, they were supposed to be the next super team that was going on a dynastic run. And it feels like that's a disaster. But when you start looking at the final four teams in the playoffs, you really can't point to any of those teams being a super team outside of Golden State. And that was a team that was built with draft picks. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, all those guys are draft picks. Jordan Poole is a guy that they developed in their system. So, I mean, you know, the only guy that you're talking about that plays a key role that was somebody that they traded for Wiggins. was Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – to me, it feels like the era of the super team is, is, is kind of going away. The NBA is shifting to trying to find more well-rounded teams, trying to build out your bench, have more depth. That's the direction that championship contenders are going now. I, I'm not convinced 100% of that quite yet. Because they were still able to do what they did in Brooklyn as far as putting the team together, the result was nowhere near what they expected it to be. No, you're right about that. But here's what I'll say to that, Carlin. With and that the, wasn't that with, long ago. With the way that they do contracts now and incentivizing guys that get drafted to sign those max contracts or super max contracts, it makes it hard for guys to walk away from all of that money and go somewhere else. Yeah, but you know what? Guy, but the, the, work, the workaround is the sign and trade. I yep. get where you're coming from. Or even the workaround is still guys in the middle of one of those max contracts and he's just not happy and forces his way out. Oh, and yeah. you can still make that deal and make the numbers work. Yeah, you still, have, you still have a degree of leverage in that way. But here's the thing that will happen. You'll end up getting assets in return. Yeah. And so I think that that's the thing that – when you start looking at the landscape of the NBA, because they've done that with the contracts and the play-in and the lottery, you're not having as much player movement as you once saw, especially when it comes to the stars of the game. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We have given you the opportunity, and frankly, you have not stepped up. You have not delivered the reason why last night has done anything to change our perception of the Miami Heat. And I, I, I don't know that the argument exists. I'm an open-minded guy. I'd like to try to hear it. And we've got people lining up. Of course, the Heat Nation is lining up. We've had some people that are supposedly objective call up and say, well, you guys sound like homers. Neither one of us really cares for Boston all that much. We got no dog in this uh, race, so to speak. At all. So, but I believe please. in take integrity. And I did pick the yes. Boston Celtics to get to the NBA Finals. Yes. Yeah. But they... Uh, Take integrity is not why you're sticking by it. You're That's sticking by it because point. you believe it. That's true, too. That is true, too. <laughs> Don't try to sneak in and curry favor. <laughs> I see through that. It's Canty and Carlin, so it's your chance at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. In just moments, game one of the Western Conference Finals begins tonight. And the man who will be calling it joins us next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part in the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're going to San Francisco in just moments. This is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase, Canty, and Carlin in for Greeny today. The job search can be a frustrating journey filled with long, lonely hours on the computer. Countless attempts to get noticed by employers. ZipRecruiter gets it. No one wants to feel alone in their job search. That's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. They save you time by sending you jobs you can apply to with one click. And they pitch your profile to employers so you stand out. Job seekers... Feel the love. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Once again, that is ZipRecruiter.com. Tonight, NBA Western Conference Finals begin right here on ESPN Radio. Game one, it is the Warriors hosting the Mavs, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. It is Alan Hahn hosting the pregame and postgame and Mark Kestisher will be on the call with P.J. Carlissimo and George Sedano. Kesti, uh, any advice out of the gate for Han, who is hosting the studio duties? Because I, I think we can all speak together and say Han probably needs it. Well, uh, first of all, good morning, guys. Good morning. I heard the Beatles in the background, and I thought it was like 65 Candlestick Park. You know, that's the first <laughs> thing that came to mind here in San Francisco this morning. Uh, I know Alan was uh, shadowing our man Kevin Winter last night, and I only sent one text to both of them, and I said, just show him where we hide the candy and the soda, because it's going to be long nights, and uh, I'm sure he'll do great. Kesty, getting into the game, I mean, one of the biggest things for the Dallas Mavericks, one of the biggest factors in them being able to go on this conference finals run has been their three-point differential, their three-point scoring differential in the series against the Phoenix Suns. They were plus 99. In the series against the Utah Jazz, they were plus 132. Is it crazy to think that they could keep this up going up against the Golden State Warriors who are boasting one of the best shooting backcourts in the history of the game? You know, it, it, I think we have, we're starting to get a large enough sample size where that's, you know, that, that's how this Dallas Mavericks team has been built. And when they execute like that outside of games one and two in Phoenix, um, this, this has been part of their game. Fifteen and a half threes per game. Uh, I just did the count of uh, the first and second rounds just to make sure. Nine games of at least 15 three-pointers. And if you look at the, the small sample size of the Phoenix series, you know, it just came down to home and road. And were they going to be able to put up that kind of production in Phoenix, which, you know, they were not able to do in one, two, and five. Uh, but in game seven, they did. And now it's, you know, it's on the Warriors who are, 
you know, an outstanding defensive team, much like Phoenix, much like all the teams that are left here. These are all top 10 defensive teams. You know, see if they run them off the three-point line, what their defensive strategy is going to be. You know, obviously, uh, point one and point two and point three is Luca, Luca, Luca. How are we going to defend him and then figure it out? Because that's, that's the game. He creates so much havoc. He bends so much defense. He gets guys open. When they hit those corner threes, um, you know, they got guys that can do it. So I, I think the sample size is getting large enough uh, to show us that this team that was under the radar all year and has gone way farther than anyone could have predicted, especially going up against Phoenix, is that uh, you know the Mavericks have been marksmen. I don't see why it wouldn't continue in this series. Mark Kestisher will be on the call tonight. Game 1 Western Conference Finals here on ESPN Radio with P.J. Carlissimo, George Sedano on the sideline, and of course Alan Hahn will be hosting in the studio as well. Kesty, uh, with Dallas's defense, you know, it's no coincidence that these final four teams are all the best in three-point defense. That's where I'm also really curious. How does Dallas contain the three-point shooting of Golden State? You know, it was interesting. In game seven, Chris, uh, Jason Kidd made a, you know, slight little coach's adjustment in that he wanted the defense in front of him early. You know, the visiting team's allowed to pick, you know, which uh, which direction you're going to go. And so most coaches, you know, in talking with P.J. Carlissimo and many others through the years was you want your team in front of your bench defensively in the fourth quarter, you know, in money time. You want to be able to, uh, to be able to bark at them as opposed to try to yell from 50 feet away from the opposite coach's box. Now, I don't know if, you know, he'll continue to do that, but I just think, the point I'm trying to get to is in Phoenix in game seven and we were second row there and Jason Kidd was right in front of us. Uh, it was remarkable to me, you know, just to get a chance to kind of watch him work from a coach's perspective on his defense. And he was so into that game and he was so vocal and directing at such a high level. It, it really kind of came alive to you just how special this team has become from a defensive end and in the games that they played against Golden State this year, in the four games, they won three of them. And I think Steve Kerr brought this up yesterday at, uh, at media, is you know their ability to blitz Steph Curry and recover off of it was, was pretty remarkable. Now you're still, you know, you're still taking your chances here. You know, when you got Clay Thompson who could find some open seams and Jordan Poole has become a really good player. And Andrew Wiggins, who's become, you know, is an excellent all-around player, and you can go on down the list, is you know they're going to pay a ton of attention to Steph Curry. And I was, I didn't, I had forgotten that in that last meeting, with all the doubling of Curry, he did not get any, not one, fourth-quarter shot attempt up. They were that um, on him that much as they were Chris Paul the last five games of the Phoenix series. So um, to me. That's, you know, that's where this whole series is going to hang, right? I mean, we all talk about defense wins championships, and, you know, Dallas brings it. So does Golden State. But I'm fascinated to see um, how Jason Kidd attacks uh, Golden State based on the first four meetings they had this year. Talking with ESPN play-by-play announcer Mark Kestisher on Greeny. And, Kesty, you know I'm a defensive guy, so I'm going to stay with that aspect of this game and look at the other side of this matchup. For the Golden State Warriors, who's the guy that – Everybody's anticipating going to get first crack at Luka Doncic. What's going to be their overall strategy in terms of trying to contain Luka, who's proven to be a monster this postseason, averaging 31-10-6? Yeah, you know, kind of reading through the tea leaves right now, we'll get a chance to talk to Steve Kerr in a few hours, uh, just a couple hours before tip, actually. 
and uh, I don't know if he'll divulge to us. Maybe PJ will beat it out of him. Who knows? Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I figure, will probably get first crack at him, and Andrew's turned into a really good defensive player. Um, you know, there's some talk, Jonathan Kaminga, as a rookie, you know, who's very long and, and certainly can try and stay in front of Luka and recover, you know, if he gets beat, that's another guy. I, I think the the big headline, obviously, Draymond Green at some point, you know, is going to be there, whether it's back line or, you know, takes on the challenge up front. You know, they have a host of guys who could get out there and get a, a chance against uh, Luka, but it, it feels like the initial matchup probably will be Wiggins. Kesty, great stuff. Have a great call tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Game one, Western Conference Finals on most ESPN radio stations. Mark Kesterter, PJ Carlissimo, George Sedano, and Alan Hahn hosting the studio duties. Kesty, enjoy. Talk to you guys soon. Absolutely. And look, boy, I don't know about that. Andrew Wiggins? Yeah. On Luka Doncic? I just feel like Wiggins might not have enough rocks in his pocket if Luka <laughs> decides he wants to make it a physical game. To your point, you brought this up yesterday. Kaminga could be a real possibility. And a rookie on him? I understand the, the physical length and everything involved. Would you go right away and start with Draymond on him just to see where it goes from there? I don't want to do that right away, I don't think. I think you use that as the changeup. Yeah. Because Draymond is so important to everything else that you do on the offensive end. I, I think you, you allow Kaminga or Andrew Wiggins to get first crack at it, see how that goes. But you're going to have to mix up the coverages on Luka Doncic because he's yeah. that good. You can't just roll out there with one strategy and think that that's going to contain no. him for the entire game. They're going to have to do things, get the ball out of his hands, force other guys on Dallas to be playmakers. If they can do that, then I think they give themselves a really good chance to be able to come away with this thing with a win. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 products. 303's revolutionary graphene nano-spray coating provides up to 12 months of protection for your car's paint. While their newest product, 303, gra- 303 Graphene Detailer, can be used more regularly for extra protection, slickness, and shine, and can even be used as a quick cleanup in between car washes. Both products available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. You know, one thing about Han, too. And I'm excited that he's uh, hosting in studio for the conference finals. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he is showing a lot of these videos around of him playing and getting ready for the two-on-two game, trying to convince everybody that he's got ability. I don't doubt that Han has some ability. He's 6'6". I told you a couple of weeks ago, he stopped me right as I was coming out here to do the show and showed me this video of him dunking. Mm-hmm. That was like from the day before. Apparently, like Jay Will this morning, on my way into the studio, we're talking about it. I was trying to fire up Keyshawn a little bit. You and I are going to be on the call of the two-on-two game. Yep. Han is sending Jay Will videos of him shooting and stuff. Are are you trying to play a mental game here? Are are you trying to psych out Jay Will, who was the number two pick in the NBA draft? Like, what's the approach here? I'm not quite sure. I don't know. I I can't get inside Han's head, but I will tell you this. You're not going to phase Jay Will. I don't think he's going to be threatened by your basketball skills. No. There's levels to this. There's levels to this. There is. I mean, Jay Will played at Duke, won a national championship, was the number two overall pick. But he didn't play at CW Post. 
Well, he, well uh, my whole point is he, he played for a school that's actually still a school. It's, I don't think CW Post is even a school anymore. It isn't. Wow. <laughs> that's uh, rough. Uh, that is rough, especially because you guys got to call it. Do you guys hear, like, there's, like, all these rules that I think KJM is kind of scared or something, so they want to try to make the game Tony to 11 well, they, and they, have they, some refs you, and be able said, to call fouls. It's, Keyshawn, yeah. it's the Keyshawn factor, man. Yeah. I, I mean, Keyshawn can't play to 21. Keyshawn is 50 years old. For a guy who played in New York in the Meadowlands, you know, he's kind of soft, right? I, listen, wow. I, I I'm kind not going to take it there. I don't, I don't appreciate the slander well, of my former teammate, Nuno. I'm not going to go there. I will say this. He's only a couple of years away from an AARP card. So I, I, just, I, just, I, I, I don't uh-huh. know that Keyshawn Johnson is going to be able to hang in there for a game to 21 points. I, I said to him on the way into the studio today, you know, I don't think this is going to look quite how you think it's going to look. And it really, shockingly, you, you actually, fired you him actually, up. You actually told him that? Yes. Yeah. Were, were you trying to be a good teammate? Or no. were you being a bad guy? No. The, it's always, the, you were being a bad guy. Whenever there are motivations involved, it's being a bad guy. Okay. But really, more than anything, just trying to poke the bear. Because I, I, wanna, I want this As to be a As if you need to poke the bear with Keyshawn Johnson. As if you need to get him riled up to say more stuff. No, but listen. He's the one guy at this network that you can't get to stop talking. I understand. We have our back, Keyshawn. <laughs> All I can tell you is I enjoy listening to that talk a little bit more. But then yeah. when I got to see the look on his face as I said it to him. Yeah. I just want as much high energy in this as much as possible. And clearly, Nuno, what they are worried about is this turning into what Chris was talking about a minute ago. They do not want this to be a rock fight. Well, so what? I know you guys are trying to get some odds set up, right, so that yeah, to make this interesting. Because yeah. if not, it's a bunch of old dudes and Jay Williams, exactly, who, who, who's still like better than all of them, you know, with one leg. But it's a bunch of old dudes, you know, trying to play. What are the odds that Keyshawn doesn't even show up? Because, like, for me, Keyshawn screams like the guy that just would be like, I forgot, I had no more interest, I'm not showing up. Minus because he knows how it's going to end, right, Nuno? That's why he doesn't show up. He pulls yeah. a no-show yeah, like to guy, avoid being embarrassed. You know this, like, Bart's, and, and Chris, you worked with him, like, like Bart's that guy that's going to go a little too far. That like, oh, yeah. oh, there's no question about it. But see, that, there's no fighting. question about it. Bart Scott is the kind of guy that doesn't mind hurting himself if it means he hurts you worse. Yes. So that, I back, fully Keyshawn. expect to see that version of Bart Scott in this two-on-two tournament. He's not a skilled guy. No. Bart Scott is not going to go out there and cross up Keyshawn. No. But Bart Scott could give Keyshawn a forearm shiver. So I'll say <laughs> this about, about Bart athletically. We, he keeps himself in incredible shape. Yes. He does. Yes. Uh, I have seen Bart play softball, which is not good. It's awful. It's horrible. It's awful. <laughs> it's horrible. And I have seen Bart actually put on hockey pads and take on somebody as a goalie. And his reflexes were very good. Really? He was excellent at that. So I don't know which way I guess this that's, is going to go. I guess that's the Detroit in Bart, right? I mean, I, I guess, ho- yeah. He's a big deal in yeah, Detroit. No, he was, no, he was, yeah. <laughs> I, he was in there and he called himself the Black Hashik. I'm not wow. joking. That's what he said. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. Wow. So okay. I don't, I don't Get him know. Get <laughs> I, I haven't seen him. On the basketball court yet, so I am fascinated by this. But I, I think our job here is to ramp up the rhetoric even more, as if it didn't even need us to do it, but just to do it as much as possible. Yeah, I feel like our role is kind of like the Flavor Flav in all of this. We're going to be the ultimate hype men for the two-on-two tournament. I, think, I, just, I just want the big clock. I think Han would be better off studio hosting that than playing in it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Way to have our back, Keyshawn. 
Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. <laughs>